Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. Watcher. 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 Watcher, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I was actually listening to the uh, the Harry Potter books, and they always say, Watcher. Watcher. Yeah, Watcher. Yeah. Uh, good one. Hey, do you want to hear a joke? I do. Okay. Um, so, I saw this advert in a window the other day, mm. and it said, television for sale, one dollar. One dollar. One dollar. Volume stuck on full. Okay. Do so you know what I thought to myself? What? I can't turn that down. <laughs> uh, I like that one. It's good. Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk accountant. Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. How are you going? I'm doing good. Uh, you like that joke? I did like that joke. I thought it was funny. Good. Um, it's funny. Immediately, my brain went to like problem-solving mode. So, you're like, you know, I had a TV that couldn't be turned down. It's like, oh, you just mute it and you plug it into a speaker and it's fine. <laughs> That's a bargain. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so, Tim, uh, let's start with what, what is the Tim and... Hello. Uh, Tim, how was your week? Yes, it's been very good. I actually, uh, we're, we're recording a little earlier this week mm. because, Dan, I'm going away. You're going away. You are going away to Noosa, I believe. Noosa, yes. So, um, yeah, the border's open and, uh, and this guy's getting up into that action. Now, we've had, a, we've had a trip booked for a little while to head up into Queensland and um, yeah, luckily the border's open. So yeah, that's good. That's exciting. Yeah, so it's very uh, exciting. Getting taken. Are you driving up? No, you're flying. No, flying. It's going to be a really interesting experience. Mm. Wearing a mask. Get your mask together. Going to have a mask. Um, actually, Jade's mum made us a funny mask because we share everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she made us a double mask <laughs> that like masks both of our faces, and there's a connection. Yeah. In the middle. I'd like to say that that's probably not very effective if it like is there's a gap between the two of you or something. <laughs> yeah, like, we're connected. It's, it's pulling open the mask. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> We're like just coat hanger people yeah. walking past and stuff. So. No, that'll be good. Yeah. yeah. What's happening with you? Oh, oh, geez, a lot's happened with me this yeah? week, Tim. Oh, really? A lot. Uh, first, I just want to give a shout out to um, a someone on the on our podcast family uh, whose birthday it is this week, the Foz. Uh, yes, the Foz. <laughs> it's the Foz's birthday this week. So, shout out to the from Foz. From Two Drunk Footy. Yeah, from Two Drunk Footy, whenever that happens. Um, yeah, it will. It, it'll definitely happen. But uh, So, shout out to the Foz. Happy birthday, mate. Uh, it's also, Tim, it's, it's someone else special to us whose birthday coming up. Is it, is it me? Uh, Shannon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Shannon. Apparently you're more important than, than no, me. I was, it is Shannon's birthday, but yes. it is also your birthday next week. It that is. is. That is. That's why you're going away, essentially, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 10.30. That's a big deal. I can oh, tell you, the moment you turn 30, injuries. Mm. You've already got injuries. but I'm like, falling apart. Like that still hurts. <laughs> My neck is getting better, mm. but um, it definitely correlates with me working from home mm. and and my and my laptop being on the counter. So, mm. so there's definitely a workers' comp claim coming up there. <laughs> hey, don't push up our workers' comp premiums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Luckily, uh, we know a good physio. No, my so my other th- uh, sorry, my Tim and Danley this week, Tim yes. is um, my 
so uh, in our house we run off uh, gas heating so okay. uh, we, you know, we have gas bit gassy out at your place is it yeah a bit gassy well, not at the moment because we ran out oh no <laughs> so you so, got no hot water yeah so there's two there's no. the, the way the system works is there's two gas tanks and uh when one runs out you switch to the other okay and you reorder makes sense makes and sense. they deliver one and replace it and yep. then when the next one comes you can you know they just keep going back and forth Did like that you forget to order i i was delayed in oh, a few weeks not not no. a few weeks I, I was delayed in about a month or so in in <laughs> in say. ordering ordering the gas tank oh, damn. they tend to run out a bit quicker in colder weather than than warmer <laughs> weather um anyways but i remembered and i was like oh you know what I better order that gas tank because we're, we're going to run out. So I ordered it before we ran out. And I was like, great, look at me. Yeah. I well, did it. well done. And normally they deliver in a few days. And I thought, we've, we've got this. Yeah. Fantastic. Got the confirmation email. Fantastic. It's not been delivered until the 10th. That's fine. We've got gas. That's today. Yeah, that's today. So this was an email I received a week ago, a week and a half ago. Mm. Um, anyway... A day later, our other gas bottle ran out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So, so you've had not had hot water. We haven't had hot water in a week. Oh. And um, so I rang them, obviously. That's on, on So this, they ran out. Uh, so the first one, <laughs> I ordered the gas like Tuesday last week. The next one ran out on Thursday. I called them Friday and said, hey... We're you out. know how I said I needed one gas bottle? Well, I actually need two. <laughs> and if I could get them today, that'd be even better. Well, I mean, hey, maybe you could have got a two-for-one deal. Yeah, well, no, they just chart. There's a, there's, it's like a... You save it, on the delivery next it, time. It's just like a commodities thing. There's no delivery fee. It's just like, oh, really? this is the price of the bottle. Oh, damn it. Yeah, per it's bottle. Like, if you save some money, at least it could have been worth it. Yeah, so we didn't save any money. So, uh, uh, well, but I'll go through my my advantages in a second but i so i ordered them and i and they it went to like a national account and they said yeah all right well yeah this happens i've put it down as urgent they'll give you a call um i've put it down as two gas bottles mm-hmm. and you know they'll give you a call during the day and see if they can get it to you anyway okay. i said fantastic you know i yeah. might go a day without hot water mm-hmm. i can live with that yeah cool they never called me um <laughs> <laughs> and so We've got a new system. Um, What's a new system? I, I, I boil the kettle, right? And I put it in a, in a cooking pot. And I put that pot in the shower. I rinse off real quick with a bit of cold water and some soap on a rag. Oh, no. And then I get like a scooper, like a ladle, but it's like a cup. <laughs> and I scoop the hot water and I just pour that on me. Just to warm up and to get rid of the soapy studs. Oh, I shouldn't laugh, but the some people live like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's, I, you just picture you doing it and that is the funniest well, thing. Well, here's the advantage. I reckon we've saved so much water. You definitely would have. Because we're using one kettle per shower. It's not as <clears throat> satisfying a shower, I'm sure. And the other problem is it's very hard to rinse out my mm. um, shampoo and conditioner yeah so you'd be saving on shampoo and conditioner because you just might be using it yeah well i did once because my hair was quite greasy and and like it's a little bit better now but like for a day it was just like i couldn't i couldn't rinse it out you know that theory you have around chapsticks yeah that um it creates a dependence that your lips require chapsticks correct yes i have a similar theory now dan Mm. shampoo and conditioner oh yeah well we didn't have it thousands of years ago did we no, see, I think, I think that there is a lot of grease 
and things and sweat and things that go into your hair, your mouth is constantly getting washed, drinking, eating. Yeah, but you're not washing your mouth. Brushing your teeth. You're, con- you're, you're giving it moisture yeah, and so protection from the sun. Yes. but you I, need to protect your hair from the sun. But I, I agree that um, we probably don't need as complicated of, of, hair sh- of shampoo no and way. conditioner. I don't even, I'm not even sure we need conditioner. Shampoo is basically just hair wash. I wash my body. I wash my lips. That's it. I wash my hair. Do I need conditioner? I don't think I do. No. I don't think I do. No, it's probably creating some requirement yeah, for shampoo. I agree. And, and I hold to my argument that chapstick is only needed <laughs> when you start using chapstick. Well, I hold to my argument yeah. that the more shampoo and conditioner you use, mm. the more shampoo and conditioner you need to use. I think you're right. I think you're right. We're onto mm. something. We're so, right. uh, my week has been full of cold showers <laughs> and boiling the kettle and pouring that water on me. And uh, today, I believe, at some point... A gas bottle is being delivered to my house. That is wonderful. That is a great story. Thank well, you, Dan. You made my day. <laughs> I can add to it. <laughs> um, so they do often suggest, and they're not re- they don't really recommend it, but then you can do it, is that you unplug the gas tank. Yeah. And you just plug in your barbecue gas bottle, and <laughs> and you can do that. And so I have a barbecue gas bottle, and I've done this in the past really? when I've run out. So I, I I tried to do it. But when they've delivered the last ones, they've done it up too tight. And so when it ran out, it was raining. Kat was in the shower. She was like, it's like, it's gone. So I was outside in the rain in my pajamas with like a wrench, like trying to undo this gas bottle (laughs) so I could plug my other one in. Oh my God. Uh, I bet you were not popular with Kat. No. Uh, Once she saw how much effort I went into to try and rectify it. I was, it was fine, but I did the initial problem, it, no, it wasn't looking good <laughs> for me. If I made this mistake mm. and it was Jade we are talking about, mm. I don't know if I'd still be alive. I yeah. think I'd be a dead man. I was close to being a dead man. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter how much effort I put into rectifying that problem, mm. that's not fixing it. If anything, no. that's probably making it worse because she's like, oh, you're doing more stupid things, you idiot. Yes. Well, Kat was like, he's making an effort. He fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but he's making an effort. Maybe she could see herself making that mistake. Yeah. Where is the difference between Jade and Kat? Yeah. <laughs> Jade can't see herself making no. any mistakes. Jade wouldn't make that mistake. No, neither would Kat. No. <laughs> uh, oh, anyway. Good times. That's my week. I like it. Thanks mm. for that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy that. That was a good tip, demo. Mm. Yeah, very good one. Uh, business update. Business time. You had a good one before we hit record. Yeah. So, so um, yesterday there was an announcement by by one of these big pharmaceutical companies that until six months ago were the devil, but but now we're all like, go pharmaceutical companies, keep working on those vaccines. Um, well, they announced that the the vaccine, this particular one they're working at, their initial. Uh, results from their tests were that it's 90% effective, which yeah. is which is actually stronger than the flu vaccination. Wow. So, um, so, there's no reason to not use that. So, there's no reason not to use that. They've got to pass peer review of that data okay. and yep. they've got to, t- uh, I think there's a few more tests because yep. it's a short-term test as yeah, well. Cause yeah. like, so, they don't know if it's effective for three months, sure. if it's effective for a year. Sure. What, you know, and they won't know that by the time we start using it probably, but... But there'll be ongoing tests and things. But at the moment, it yeah. looks like, yeah, this is going to be one of the vaccines that okay. will be highly effective. Anyway, as a result of that, uh, the stock market 
flew up for um, apparently like Qantas went up like 10% and all these pharmaceutical companies and also uh, partners with the pharmaceutical companies. So manufacturers of these things, their stocks went up Wow! because everyone realized that, hey, if this one pharmaceutical company is going to make a killing off this and Mm. also the manufacturers. Yeah. But two... um, Tourism. Tourism might be able to come back soon. So let's buy that stock while it's down Yeah. Yeah. um, because eventually they're going to go we're open and everyone's going to go flying about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting how such an, like, an announcement like yeah. that has, has suddenly... And Biden um, looks like he's won the election mm. and it just seems to be, a, even though America right now is experiencing the worst peak in the coronavirus they've <laughs> ever had, 100,000 cases a day. Oh, my God. 100,000 oh. cases a day. God, that's woeful, isn't it? We haven't even had 100,000 cases, I don't think. No. Per day. Per day. Per day. So, I don't know how many deaths that's going to translate to, but a lot. Anyway, things seem to be quite positive <laughs> apart from that. That's crazy. So, mm. what's their population? 300, and 300 million, roughly. Yeah. So, if this continued for the next year, let's say, at 100,000, which would be catastrophic. Yeah. If it continued at that rate. Yeah. You'd imagine they're trying to change that. Yeah. If this continued for the next that year, is, there'd, be, there'd be 30, 40 million people. It's almost a million a week. Yeah. So, 50 mil. 50 mil. On top of what they've already had, which is probably in the millions. Mm-hmm. Several millions. Crazy. Oh, anyway, geez. I just thought that was a good business update. That Yeah, the stock market seemed to be really reacting to these articles. Um, also, um, Job Seeker um, has been extended fr- um, from December through to March, I believe, but at a slightly lower rate. Well, that's good for anyone who is losing their job yeah. at present because of, say, a job keeper mm. ending. Yeah. Um, I actually have a friend who's in that boat and they were working in a retail store. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just say she wasn't having a riot of a time there. No. Selling no. arts and crafts. No. And, uh, and yeah, so they, they went into liquidation basically at the moment that JobKeeper, JobKeeper ended yeah. for them, which is pretty rough. They owed people two weeks worth of pay mm-hmm. um, before they told everyone that they were going into uh, liquidation. So, so yeah, um, there's definitely going to be more of that happening. Yep, yep. Mm, so, yeah, so, so the job seeker subsidy has been increased, or not increased, sorry, extended, Um and there's been a lot of talk about whether or not they should make um, some of these things um, permanent mm. because the, um, you know, what would originally be the yeah. new start or whatever the allowance mm. was, you couldn't live off it. Yeah. And, and the point was you weren't meant to live off it. it was, yeah. It's a short-term solution. But basically, more than two weeks without any savings and, and you're losing your house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was a situation that... Yeah. So, they're talking about maybe making this more permanent. And, yeah. But yeah, interesting to what happens in that space. That. Mm. Mm. Um, the other one is job maker. So mm. um, there's a hiring credit. Um, for it was announced in the budget. So it's been given the green light despite ongoing concerns. So it seems like there's been a bit of debate about this in Parliament. Um, but a Senate committee has recommended that job maker the hiring credit legislation be passed. Um, yeah, concerns, interesting. Yeah, concerns are around like narrow eligibility. Yeah, so this was the, uh, the, for the subsidy for, for new employees yes. who were on JobSeeker. Mm. Um, you got a wage subsidy of, I think it was like 100 bucks, 200 yep. bucks a week or yep. whatever it was. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Interesting. So, that's for employers who are going to hire someone who's been unemployed throughout mm-hmm. COVID. 
they can continue to get a subsidy. Yep, and they're under that. 35, I yeah, think the maximum it's, rate it's was. Yeah, very specific about mm. age. So older people, unfortunately, left out of the boat there. Yeah. And also people who aren't on JobSeeker. Yeah, so if, if you... Um, and I don't know whether or not they'll make it you were eligible for JobSeeker but didn't get it or, Maybe. you know, Maybe. that makes more sense. But... Yeah, it, it is quite narrow, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll probably do an episode on it when it passes legislation because there'll be a lot of people interested in it, I imagine. So, yeah, they, they are all interesting things happening right the now. The other thing um, on one of our business updates there, the mm. liquidation thing, Yeah, um, we are having Josh Robb on next week. Yeah, Josh Robb's back. Yeah, so Josh Robb, a uh, friend of the show, Liquidator. There's been changes in the liquidation industry and the way that liquidations work. Mm. So, uh, we're going to get him back for an update on that. And uh, there's probably questions around like what my friend has experienced mm. and what people are experiencing right now that we can throw to Josh. Like the yeah. FEG. Uh, I forget what that stands for, but... Feg. Uh, feg. It stands for feg. <laughs> yeah, feg. So, they just, yeah, they just split the letters up. They spell up. it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, that's going to cover um, people's wages and super. So, mm. I'd like to hear about these types of scenarios and where that kicks in, where that doesn't work. So, yeah, lots of questions for Josh. Can yeah, you, no, it's going to be great. It was really good because we actually had him on right at the start of all this. Yes. And he was saying that he wasn't very busy, but he was yeah. expecting when JobKeeper finished in September that yeah. he'd suddenly get very busy. And it looks like, to an extent, that has happened, Maybe. but not as much to what it yeah. was initially predicted, perhaps. 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 Yeah. Um, anyway, it'd be great to talk to him about that and, and see see what's going on in that space. Yeah. And uh, Tim... Uh, tight ass tip. Well, it's a Dan's dollar saver. Dan's dollar week. saver this week. Yeah, Dan's you've got a good saver. one. Yeah, so Tim, I don't know if you know this, but I'm heavy into the bike, <laughs> into the biking space. Um, yeah, so you ride your bike all the time. So much so that so it's in a so. state of disrepair. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much you ride yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I recently um, wanted to get back into bike riding. I've had a nice bike for a long time, but I don't really have any good storage space at my house. So it's kind of been sitting out the back under shelter but I live near the beach, so the, the chains rusted all up. The, yep. My old roommate um, stacked it in a crappy shed with other bikes and broke half the spokes on it. And yeah. it's you know, there's a whole lot of things wrong with it. Yep. So I thought, I'll get it fixed up. Uh, I'll take it to the bike shop. They'll do it up for me. Um, shouldn't cost too much. Shouldn't cost too much. Cat's got another bike and you know, I know that they can just do a little bit of service for 80 bucks or 90 bucks, get it up and running. So I figured, I don't know, it might, it might cost me... 150 bucks for a new chain and, and whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I dropped it off at the shop. Immediately, I knew something was wrong when the guy looked at it and kind of was like, oh, yeah, it's how much are you willing to spend on this? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know. And That's he's like, concern. and he kind of gave me some promising thoughts that, you know, maybe right. it might just be, you know, we're, we're probably above 100, but yeah. I don't know how much. And I was like, That's great. Well, why don't you have a look at it? Yeah. Get back to me and tell me how much you think it's going to cost you to get this to a point where I can ride it. Nice. Um, so, he got back to me. Um, um, how much? Uh, $470 to fix the bike up. Um, so, a number of the things that needed replacing. So, he basically said everything needed replacing and then he listed a few things off, but it was the chain. He said the wheels, but I suspect maybe that just the spokes could be changed. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I said the chain already, the cassette... On, which is the spiky bit that your chain runs along. Ah, yes. Uh, the cables for the brakes and the gears needed replacing. Um, there was a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. There was a lot. So, basically, your, your, your bike is screwed. The frame and the gear system is fine. Yep. 
everything else needs fixing. <laughs> so I said, okay, great. I'll come pick it up. He said, he said, it's really not worth our time or yours to get you us to do this. a new bike. Because a new bike might only be 550, 600 bucks. And you, so you could spend 470 fixing your old one up or just buy a new one for 100 bucks yeah. more. So I was yeah. like, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a bit of a, I, you know, one of those guys whose head's in the clouds and thinks he can, he can, he's a repairman, but, but he's an accountant. So, yes, yes, yeah. um, so I went online and I did some Googling and I found each of the products that I'm going to need to fix the bike. And I'm going to confirm this with him this afternoon. Y- are you? I'm going I'm to go in and say, can you just give me a list? What, <laughs> what, <laughs> what list needs of, to be replaced? Can you give me a list of serial numbers, suppliers? No, I, I, don't want, I don't want that because I'm probably going to go cheaper than what they'd provide. <laughs> you know, because they're a bike shop. They're going to be like, oh, you don't want to use that crap. Oh, you yeah. want a good chain on this? And I'll be like, no. <laughs> You're happy to break the chain once um, every three months. Exactly. I'll break that chain. Break the chain. So... Um, <laughs> So I looked all the products up on Amazon. I found a bunch of things. I think, Tim, that I could possibly buy all the parts for maybe 150 bucks. Mm. And it's just going to take a weekend of my labor and a lot of YouTubing to do it myself. Well, I am looking forward to an update on this. Yeah. So this is Dan's Titus tip. (laughs) Can you order those today? They're coming this week, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go to the bike shop straight after this. Yeah. I'm going to pick up Kat's bike and, 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 and my whatever's left. And um, I'm going to ask you say specifically sure. what, what doesn't work. I'm going to go home. I'm going to order them on Amazon. I got, yep. I got Prime. Yep. It'll be here by the end of the week. Oh, yes. I love Prime. And I'm going to spend the weekend doing this bike up. Next week on the podcast. Yeah. We're going to get an update. You're going to get an update. So, here, here is the Tardust tip. Here's the title. Yep. Fix your broken items. Fix your own broken items. I like it. I, I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Fix your broken items by by yourself, yeah. Or DIY, yeah. It, and and you know, in this case, it wasn't worth me paying a professional mm. to do it, but it could be worth me doing it. So depends I su- how much you value your time. I support this for a number of reasons. Mm. One, I like the idea of you trying to fix your bike mm. and potentially failing. So <laughs> <laughs> that fills me with excitement mm. and giddiness. Two, that is a real dollar saving. So, look, that is Absolutely. proof of tight-ass tips saving yeah. you money. Yeah. So, the options for me here, Tim, were buy a $550 bike. So, that's 550 out of pocket. Or pay 470 for repairs. Or pay 470 for repairs. Or pay $150. And spend some time fixing it. And have a joy on the weekend just, you know, sitting there listening to some podcasts and um, swearing profusely <laughs> at, <laughs> at wrenches and things. Please take photos. Yeah. The third reason I like this mm is because it's saving waste. It is saving waste. So, what are you going to do? Just throw out that bike and just buy a new one? I guess. What we, is that what we do in this day and age? That sickens me. Yeah, sickens me, Tim. Sickens me. Sickens me. So, I mean, you could have looked after your bike in the first place. So, I mean, like, that's kind of on you. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add a tight yeah. tip to this. Yeah, look after look your Look after your bike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a garage. I've got nowhere to put yeah, this thing. True, 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 true. Um, true. Question for you um, yes what do you do with old underwear yeah true it's a bit unsanitary I cleaned my cupboard the other day (laughs) and there was just a whole bunch Uh, of like you what cleaned cleaned my cupboard I I swear you said creamed (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I cleaned it. So okay. I, I cleaned out my cupboard and, and one of the drawers was, was my underwear drawer and socks and I found a whole bunch of socks that didn't have a pair and some underwear with holes and things and elastics all gone. Mm. And I, so I ended up with a little pile mm. that's collected over a number of years, just okay. a little pile that, you know, fit in a little bag. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. I can't, this isn't yeah. donating. I no. can't donate these to somebody. No. no. I can't use, I don't want to, like, I don't, there's too much here to use as like rags for yeah. washing my car. Yeah. What and do they're I probably do with this? Not in a good enough state to recycle either. No, really. the, you couldn't use that material for anything thing, else. The garment industry, I mean, it's just a big problem. Mm. So, so I, much I don't, waste. You know, you've known me for a long time, Tim, and I rarely buy clothes. Yeah. I, I, I'll buy three shirts and I wear them for the next two years until I yes. decide to get another one. Yeah, this is true. Um, so I just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it. We should get someone who is in the waste industry. I've heard uh, some people, you can take them to places maybe where they turn yeah. them into like insulation. Yeah. But I, I like don't know. That. I don't know. Somebody should think something up for that. Yeah. Anyway, um, we should probably get to our main topic, main topic today. Let's do it. So, our main topic today is something that we actually covered in our first ever four episodes of this podcast. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's going back a while. Yeah. yeah. So, our very first episode, we actually never released, which we've mentioned before because... We recorded it. We did four episodes in one. It was way too long yeah. and, and it's too much information and yeah. not enough banter for, for my liking. Yeah. So, our first episode was basically this topic. Yeah, exactly. It was basically, it was basically, this, basically topic. this topic. And then we didn't release it because it was no. just too much. It was too much. We weren't good enough at refining. Exactly. Yeah. So, so. And, and, and right now, we're probably digressing a little bit. Probably. Probably. <laughs> so, let, so, the main topic today is which entity structure is the best? Yeah, so this is actually a common question. Um, people just want a simple answer yeah. on this. They just want to know what's the best. You're and unfortunately, unfo- yeah. nothing's ever going to defeat my entity structure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so mm. th- th- it depends is the answer. Yeah. It depends. And the, problem, yeah the problem with this question is there is no simple answer. Um, there's a number of criteria, there's a number of questions that need to be answered before you can get an answer to this. So, if you want to go back and listen to what each entity structure actually is specifically with a lot of Mm. detail, Mm. then go back and listen to those first four episodes. They're a little rough, but all the information is still relevant. Probably like slightly more dry, but hey, it's a trip back in time as well. You can go listen to Dan and I when we're two years younger. (laughs) Exactly. Far less experienced. Full of life and energy and, and happy. And now look at us. Yeah. We're beaten down by the <laughs> world and COVID. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, didn't see this coming. Did not see this coming. Yeah. So, we've narrowed it down to kind of four main points here to discuss with each entity. And, and then at the end, we'll maybe discuss the scenarios in which you would use which entity. But just to give you a brief rundown, if you don't want to go back and listen to all of the episodes, in practice... For a small business, there are really four entity structures that you can use. The fourth can be split into a few different categories, but in 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 broad categories, there are four. Yep. There are sole traders, yeah. partnerships, yep. companies, mm-hmm. and trusts. Yep. Um, and and they're the four structures that you're going to be looking at. Um, they all have various pros and cons. Various pros and cons. Which we will run through some of now. We can't obviously run through all of them. No. But um, we'll give you the main ones. 
Yeah. So, do we want to go through each of these four topics here, Tim, yes. and just kind of broadly talk about each one in each category? Yep. So, so, we've chosen... Yeah. <clears throat> what we've done is we've chosen the main factors that people generally will consider yeah. when changing entity structure or starting in business. Yeah. So, these are the types of things that you want to be considering and these are the things that are going to tell you what structure is best for you. That's right. And... In no general order, um, these categories here, they're just the order that we happen to write them down. The order that we happen to write them down. So, uh, let's start with tax planning. Tax planning. Basically, uh, each entity structure differs in the way that you eventually pay tax on the income that you've earned. It does. It does. Um, Some of them are better and worse, but generally, it's all about flexibility. Yeah, that's right. So... Really, basically, a sole trader has income and expenses, you earn a profit, you pay tax on that profit. There's no way around that. That's just how it is. Whatever the business makes as a profit adds to your income Mm -hmm. and you pay tax at your marginal tax rates. So, Mm -hmm. if you make 20 grand of profit and you earn no other income during the year, you're not going to pay any tax. Uh, If you earn $200,000 profit, then you're going to pay a lot of tax. That's right. So, there's no pushing it back to later years. Yep. There's no capping it at a lower tax rate. Yep. There's no retaining of earnings to use in reinvesting in your business. And um, generally, there's no splitting of the income either. So, perhaps if you have a family member or spouse doing work for you, like Mm. your wife, you might be able to pay them a reasonable wage, but you're not going to be able to pay them $100,000 to do a little bit of admin work Correct. each week. That's so, right. the ATO is not going to be happy with that. That's right. So, uh, so, so similarly, um, very similar to that is a partnership. Mm. The only difference between a partnership and the sole trader is there's two or more of you, but the way you pay tax is exactly the same. So, mm-hmm. you have a predetermined split yep. based on a partnership agreement, 50-50, 70-30, whatever it is. Um, there might be a bunch of you, but essentially... The business makes a profit, you receive the profit as at your whatever your percentage is, and you pay tax at that at your marginal rate. So, in our previous example, if you had a business that earned $20,000 of profit and it was a 50 50 split, you'd, uh, you'd pay tax on $10,000, which in this case would be nothing. Yep. If you earned $200,000 profit, your 50 50 split would be $100,000 yep. and you pay tax on $100,000. Both partners do need to be active, though, Correct. or investing a substantial amount into the partnership. Correct. So, you can't just set up a 90-10 split if you want 90% of the income to go to your grandma who might have no income. Correct. That's right. Yeah. So, they need to be active partners in this business. Um, So, yeah, setting up a business with you and your your spouse is fine as long as you're actually both working in that business. So, that is a big tax saving if you're in a situation where you don't want the complexity of a bigger um, business, you're both going to be working on it. Um, you might not be earning any other income Well, automatically there you can split the income between the two of you. Yep. Yep. Which, you know, if you're both active in the business, you'd think you probably would be anyway. Yeah, exactly. You'd just be paying a wage to one person or, um, or yeah, taking, taking that split each. So, yeah. Um, yeah, what we've got next is the company. That's right. So in the company, in this instance, uh, it is a separate legal entity to you. So it's its own. The best way to think about it, it's actually another person. By by lodging an ASIC form, you birth a company. Yeah, you, 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 it pays tax in its own right. Yeah, at so, its own tax rate. So one thing that's beneficial about the company is that um, its tax rate is lower than the highest marginal tax rate for mm. individuals. That's right. So especially so if you're an individual, um, sorry, a small business 
the company tax rate comes down even more. So yeah. traditionally, it's been 30%. If you're a small business base rate entity, then it's 27.5%. Yeah. So a lot of people think, well, of course, I'm going to be paying less tax in a company mm. because um, it's taxed at 27.5%. Um, whereas my highest marginal rate as an individual is 45%. Yeah. But that is kind of a fallacy. Yeah, it's a fallacy. And the reason being is because as an individual, it's a progressive tax rate. So, yep. it starts nothing up yep. until 20 grand. Then it goes to 19 and then it keeps going up, you know, 32 and a half, whatever it is, 37, 45, whatever the, whatever the amounts are. Mm. It starts getting bigger the more you earn. Yep. So, up until 40 grand now. Um, you're actually paying much less tax yeah. as an individual as you would as a company. Yes. Every dollar above that point, however, it starts to be per dollar you pay more in the company. Yep. So, in an instance where, um, let's, let's go back to our $200,000 example. Yes. Uh, you might want to earn a wage that you need to live on of, let's say, 70000 So, you pay yourself a wage of 70000 You're going to pay much less tax on that $70,000. But, you know, you're going to start end up paying more per dollar back mm. at 40. Yeah. So, it makes more sense to pay yourself a wage and then retain those earnings in the company and mm. for every dollar above that, pay less tax. So if what? you could live off only 40 grand, yeah. you, could, you could do it much better. But Definitely. I was just picking a number that was more realistic. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, what this is, is flexibility. Yeah. And this is what you don't have in sole traders and partnerships. Mm. So, what Dan's talking about there is if you don't need the cash, then you could pay less tax as a whole group you individually and the company mm. by paying yourself a wage up to a point where the tax rate is lower than a company and then paying the rest of it mm -hmm. at the next lowest available tax rate which is in the company correct so that's actually a great way to do it and then companies are also really good because you can do some planning with dividends and franking credits so yeah tax that's paid by a company isn't just lost it's actually um still even Labor tried to change it, but Liberal got voted in uh, because Labor tried to change it too much. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, they um, you can still get refunds from franking credits attached to dividends. Yeah. So um, so essentially, that is also a really handy tool when it comes to flexibility of tax planning. So yeah. a company just gives you that much more ability to plan where your income is going to sit and what tax rates you're going to pay than compared to a sole trader and a partnership. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, eventually, if you are paying yourself a dividend, you are paying the same marginal tax rates on that income. But the difference is, in those years, you might be able to reduce your wage and yep. just pay a dividend. That's or fair. your business might be winding up and you're just paying out dividends for a few years instead of earning a wage. Well, then what you've effectively done is... Yeah, saved a lot of tax. <laughs> it's about timing. Yeah. It's about timing. It's and all even, about timing. As we're seeing now, um, the tax rates are coming down for individuals. Mm. So, the longer you can be paying tax as a company right now, mm. the less tax you're going to pay as an individual in the future. Yeah, well, now it's between 40 and... 45. Yeah, 45 and... and 120. 120. Um, a company pays tax from that 45 point onwards. Yep. So, you could probably survive if you, yeah. there's two of you... Um, husband and wife working earning 45 grand from a company you probably mm. could survive on that almost yeah you're going to be paying very minimal tax yeah. so, so that's a good one yeah, um, that's a good one so the next one up is, is a trust and now there's different types of trust um, very quickly there's a discretionary trust which means that the way a profit is distributed is up to the discretion of the trustee mm. um, which means basically towards the end of the financial year you make a declaration of who is going to get the profit. Yeah. Um, or a unit trust, which is more like a company. You have a fixed ownership in a business 
um, and the profit is distributed at that fixed percentage, similar to a partnership. Yeah. Um, so let's just assume that the unit trust acts the same way as the partnership in yeah. terms of tax savings. So disregard the, that one. Yeah. However, the discretionary trust in mm. this tax planning estimate um, way is very flexible. It's the most flexible. It is. It is. It, it legally allows you to split income to people who aren't participating in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, you could send income to whoever you like, mm. as long as they're willing to receive it and, well, well, and include it in their tax return. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it is limited to specific people. Um, there's certain tiers of family members who are allowed to. So, you, you can't... You can. They have to be a named beneficiary or within like two or three tiers of relatives. But you can name... <laughs> Specific people. Yeah, you can so, name specific people. So, yeah, uh, this is the thing with um, discretionary trust. The flexibility sometimes is a hindrance. Yeah. But the thing that, that you lose a little bit of flexibility on compared to a company is that trusts pay income on the profit. Uh, sorry, pay tax on the profit in the trust. Mm-hmm. So, um, essentially, a company you can choose where you're going to pay the tax if it's going to be as an individual or mm-hmm. as a company. Under a trust... Um, you actually have to distribute the income from the trust to beneficiaries. Yeah. So um, there's no it, retaining of profits to pay a lower tax. That's rate. right. Yeah. yeah. So the trust doesn't pay tax in its own right, and if it does, it pays it at the highest marginal rate. Mm. Not like the company that pays it at twenty-seven and a half percent or thirty percent. Yeah. It'll pay it at forty-five percent. So you have to get it out to individuals, which means that if you are earning high income from day dot in your business, potentially a company could be better. It could give you more flexibility to push tax back yeah and we'll go into the specific circumstances of why a trust might be beneficial for you but it also depends on like yeah if you're two complete you know separate people not related going into a business together that can end up being a problem if you're trying Mm. to retain amounts there's all sorts of things that go into it but we'll get there in a second but tax planning it's the most flexible but you lose some flexibility with retaining profits yep there is more complicated structures you can set up, yeah. um, but we won't go into those. But essentially, yeah, for tax planning purposes, the most flexible in terms of where it goes, is but tr- you trust. can't, yeah, you can't pay it at the lower tax rate. That's right. So yeah. we've got clear standouts for tax planning purposes at the company and the discretionary trust. Correct. Okay. All right. Asset protection. Asset protection. So this is pretty quick and easy. This quick and easy. Sole trader, there is no asset protection. The business's assets and your assets are the same thing. Mm-hmm. If your business gets sued or goes bankrupt, all of your personal assets are liable to pay those debts. So, yep. if you don't pay creditors, if you owed money from employees and super and all sorts of things, they can sell your house to pay for those things. Yep. Same with the partnership. Exact same with the partnership, except you're each separately liable. Yeah, so and is, it's, or is it joint and severally? Joint and severally. So, so it, it's not it's not limited to your percentage. It's if you have all the assets, they can take all of yours to pay for the whole debt even though right. it's 50/50. So yeah. if if uh, Dan and I are partners in a partnership mm. and I go off and lose it all gambling on Essendon to win the premiership in yeah. 2021 because we will. Safe bet. Um then uh then and I, I actually have no assets because mm. I've, I've got a history of gambling on Essendon to win premierships and losing. Yeah. Then, um, then they will take all of Dan's assets mm. to pay the debts that I foolishly incurred mm-hmm. to uh, to gamble on Essendon winning the premiership. Correct. So yeah, that is that is a risky one if you don't trust your partner. Yeah, it's it possibly even more risky than the sole trader. Yep, I agree. Uh, the next one up is the company. Now it provides you know uh, just naturally by itself the most legal protection. Yep, because it is a separate legal entity. So its debts 
mm. and its problems are its problems, not yours, not your assets. Yep. There are certain circumstances where they can come after, you know, they call it lifting the corporate veil and come after your assets. There is. Um, but that's mainly if you haven't uh, followed your director duties, you know, paid super, mm. paid tax and GST and things. Yep. Um, they Keep can lodgements up to date. Yeah, if you haven't been lodging these things up to date, then they can come for your own personal assets. But that's very limited. Mm-hmm. Generally, when a company goes bankrupt, it goes bankrupt. Your per- yeah. your own assets are protected. Now, it's never going to save you from the bank coming after you if you have a loan with the bank because mm. banks aren't stupid. They're going to secure that against you and your personal assets. Yeah. But um, potentially, it will give you a lot of um, safety in the event that something goes very wrong in your business. Yeah. And as we saw in COVID... They, I think the companies were treated prefer- preferentially to sole traders, partnerships and trusts. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the specific um, stimulus that was mm. released. So The, o- the other figure. part of, of asset protection is often people might have a couple of companies where they'll have particular assets, yeah. um, patents, um, yeah. intellectual property held in one business, in a yeah. company, sorry, yeah. which then licenses those or leases them to a trading entity. So, if something happens to that trading business, your assets can still be protected. So, a lot of people do structures like that, um, which is all about asset protection. But the reason why it's the same thing, a company is a separate legal entity. Yep. So, next one, trusts. Now, a trust by itself isn't a separate legal entity as such. No. Um, But if you set it up correctly with a corporate trustee, it then does have that legal separation from you and your personal... I must be using the bad cable. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> then I can hear it. Where you can see it. Um, yeah. So if you set it up correctly with a corporate trustee, it then does have the legal separation. Um, so it then has a similar function to just having a company. Mm. So the business's assets are its, and your assets are yours. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit more complicated again with beneficiary accounts and mm, things like that. So, but with the complication, probably comes a little bit of security because it just is complicated. Yeah. So, so yeah, there is definitely a divide between mm. you and the trust. Uh, it it achieves the exact same thing, in my opinion, as the company. Mm. So, um, so yeah, asset protection wise, we've got clear standouts, company. And trust with a corporate trustee. Essentially a company behind a trust. Correct. So the next category here is the ability to sell your business and the consequences of doing that. So Mm. let's go through this quickly. As a sole trader, you can sell your business, no problem. Sell it. You get the small business capital gains concessions. You get the individual capital gains concessions. Mm. Fine. No problem. Perfect. Um, Whatever the gain ends up being, you pay tax at your marginal rate. Mm -hmm. Uh, as a partnership, exact same, except to split as your partner, yep. um, whatever your percentage is. As a company, however, you have a couple of options. Yeah. Now, we've spoke about this in a few previous episodes, but essentially you have the option one, selling the business from the mm. company. So, you own a company that runs a business. That company sells that business to someone else, but you still own that company. Yeah. In that instance, the company pays tax on any gain. It doesn't get the individual concessions, but it can get the small business concessions. Um, and then what you're left with is shares in a company that holds cash probably and maybe a few other assets. Um, and you got to figure out what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. The other option is you sell the shares in your company. Yes. So you sell those shares um, to somebody else, but they're buying 
uh, sorry, and then you individually make a gain and you get the um, individual concessions. Yes, yeah, but that is a rare thing to do because mm -hmm. selling your company um, or buying a company, mm. you can buy other people's problems and their um, dirty laundry. Yeah. So, yeah, so, but that is really powerful when it comes to if you have a business that you're growing, you want to take on partners and investment, mm -hmm. the company is the entity to do that in. Yeah, so why is that, Tim? Well, I mean, it's just so um, it's so flexible to allow um, equity raising. And this is why mm. companies came about. But essentially, um, you can take on money from an investor into a company um, and you can issue in return a share of the value or the ownership of that company. Yep. So um, essentially what it's giving you there is flexibility to take on partners, investors, angel yeah. investors. Or, or even if, if you just wanted to sell half your company and you own 100 shares, you can just sell exactly. 50 of those shares. You don't have to sell the whole thing. Yeah, so there's a couple options. You can get more money into the company by raising equity. Yeah. Or you could sell half of your shares to get more money to yourself. Mm -hmm. There's so much options. There is. And so that may not be something that all people in business are looking mm -hmm. at doing. So you really do need to think about your exit plan in business. Mm -hmm. If selling your business as a whole is your only option or if taking on business partners um, is another option. Mm -hmm. And even if, I mean, if you're a startup and you need to raise funding to get your business up and running, well, then a company is going to be what you need to mm. set up in, um, not a trust. So the trust on the other side of the coin, um, and it's especially a discretionary trust, if you're going for that tax flexibility, mm. has none of that fixed ownership right. That's so right. You're not going to be able to really take on partners because in the end of the day, there's no value to them. Mm. You so can, if you're controlling the way that income is distributed, then... You could just tell them, well, yeah, you're a part of the trust, but I don't feel like distributing income to you this year. Yeah, so you, it is it is a difficult thing to have a discretionary trust and sell your ownership interest in that trust. As a so, share. So, I, I've come across it once recently yeah. um, where there was two people who shouldn't have been set up this way who were in a discretionary trust, separate, they weren't family members, and one of them didn't want it. Like, one of them wanted to sell their part of the business to the other, but... Really, they're not selling anything. You don't mm. have shares. You don't ha like. You might own shares in a trustee company, mm. but that company has no value. You're selling the right to receive future yes. profit. So that's what the capital gain calculation ended up being: is that yeah. you were you were selling a right. Uh, it wasn't even a right. It was it was more a beneficial interest in perhaps maybe getting income. <laughs> it was. I had to like call in some tax yeah. lawyer advice on this. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a difficult process. Yeah. So you can sell your business though. You can. If you're going to just sell it as a whole, yeah, that's fine. There's no problem yeah. at all with that. And you get all of the individual and small business concessions that you'd get as a yeah. sole trader or a partner. So, as, as a matter of fact, if mm. you're going to sell your business as a whole, it's going to be better in a trust because you can still access the capital gains tax concessions. Correct. Whereas in a company, you mm. can't. That's right. So, it could actually be better in, in circumstances where you just imagine you, you reach a point, you're going to sell the entire business mm. to have it in a trust. Yeah. Um, then there's different types of trusts. So, the unit trust has its own complications as yeah, well. Yeah, it does. But... Not a lot of people set up unit trusts. Yeah, so, so unit trust does give you the ability that. to sell units yeah. in the same way you would sell shares. It does. So there's a little bit more flexibility there. Mm. But as we said before, it doesn't have as much flexibility around tax planning and some of the other things. Yeah. So there's a trade-off. There there's also some problems around stamp duties and, and mm -hmm. land stuff. And yeah, we won't yeah. go into that today. But anyway, um, the next category really is complexity, 
and, and cost to maintain. So sure. it's basically the way that we have been speaking about them the whole time is the kind of um, scale of Least simple complex. to complex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sole traders, very easy to set up. To, you just need to lodge an individual tax return with a business schedule. So, maintaining them is fairly easy. No cost to set up either. You just need to register an Apply ABN. Apply for an ABN. That's it. Yeah. Partnership, basically the same thing, except you do need to lodge a separate tax return. So, it goes up in the cost to maintain a little bit because yep. you've got to lodge a separate tax return to your individual and then lodge that individual with its distribution. True. Company, it goes up again. You have to, it, it costs, you have to set it up. Yep. Um, so you got to so buy ASIC fees. You got to mm-hmm. create a company. There's legal documents. Mm-hmm. It can be anywhere from, you know, a thousand bucks to five thousand bucks to set up a company, depending on what you're trying to do with it. Yeah. And you know, generally there might be fifteen hundred bucks to set up. Yeah. Um. But so that's just the cost to create it. Yep. Uh, and then you've got to pay for a tax return. Uh, it's mm-hmm. got to pay ASIC fees every year. There's corporate compliance you've got to maintain. Not to mention they should have financials prepared yep. as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely stepping up in cost and definitely complexity. So mm-hmm. the, the, the area we, where people get lost and, and stuck, especially if they're coming from a sole trader into a company mm. is pulling cash out of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really dangerous thing. We did a whole episode on this, getting cash out of your company. Yep. What was the name you gave? You gave a funny name. Uh, it's like taking cash from a company. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, getting cash out of a company, yep. Division 7A. Um, we did a whole podcast episode on this like two episodes ago. Yeah. Go check that one out. That adds to the complexity massively. Yeah, exactly. FBT, suddenly your motor vehicle mm. has extra... Co- it's, it's the complexity of maintaining a company is significantly greater than a partnership. Did you mention workers' trader. comp? I did not. You got to pay workers' comp on your own wages. Yeah, you company. as an employee, as uh, you know, sorry, you are an employee of that business now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's all sorts of complications there. Yeah. A trust costs even more to set up and mm-hmm. is a little bit more complex again. So you have all those same issues that we just spoke about, um, but you also have the added complexity of trust distributions yes. and creating a distribution statement yep. and all of that kind of stuff so, that goes with it. So trusts done wrong can go very wrong. Mm. So trusts done wrong may not even exist. Yeah, People think they exist, but they might not even exist. Mm. That's a trustee that hasn't been executed. Or um, people just struggle to grasp with the concept of how the trust works because they've got all this money in the business bank account mm. and they're like... But I pay tax on the amount of cash in the bank account, right? Mm. Like, no. Oh, okay. But I, I distribute the cash with the income, don't I? It's like, no. You pay tax on the profit. You pay tax on the income minus the expenses in the trust. You don't pay tax on what cash you've got left or yeah. how much cash has gone to each person. That is tracked and mm. that is important because... If you're distributing income to someone, they could come and ask for that cash, yeah. which adds to the complexity again. You're going mm. to really consider who you're distributing income to. Mm. So, trust, are, yeah, definitely the most costly. Yep. Um, most complex, but easier to get cash out of. Easier than a company to get cash out of, yes. So, definitely. less complex in that nature. Yeah. But I'd say overall more complex than a company. Yeah. Um, just because the nature of trusts are complicated. The law around trust mm. is complicated. Definitely. Um, however, there are some more simplicities to it, like taking cash. Yeah. So, that's a, yeah. that's a nice thing that trusts yeah. do. And the reason it's more expensive to set up is you're setting up a company, if you want that asset protection, mm. and a trust. Yeah. And 
you're going to pay stamp duty yeah. to set up that trust, which is just a government tax mm-hmm. for setting trusts up, which is in New South Wales, $500. Yeah. In Victoria, it's 200 mm. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's highest on the spectrum. Yep, absolutely. So, you should have a good idea already based on the four, four criteria that we gave you, tax planning, asset protection, ability to sell your business and complexity and cost to maintain, at what point you're really thinking you need each entity. So let's just give some quick scenarios. So very simply, if you were a someone who's just started a small little business, um, you're not going to be earning much. You might just be doing some things on the weekend. Um, you know, It's not very risky. There's not much happening in that business. It's just a few little bits and pieces. You're more likely just to want to set up a sole trader. That's the easiest one to maintain. You're not going to have any tax disadvantages from doing that. You don't need asset protection. So it's simple. Just do that. Perfect. Uh, Let's say you and your spouse are doing the same thing, but it earns a little bit more income. Partnership. You're both going to be working in the business, but you're still not going to be earning that much. You don't need the asset protection. The tax planning isn't really something you need to consider. You might sell it one day, but that's still good. You get the concessions. Partnership. Yeah, and that's a really good one too if your spouse say it has a low income so one mm. of the partners has a low income um then at least maybe 50 percent of the partnership income could go into their name legally yeah, exactly so that, that, that's cost effective tax planning correct brilliant company you are a larger business you want that actual ac- asset protection you are thinking about um the future plans you might want to sell half your business to someone to join you later that's right um, succession planning yeah there might be more than one of you going into business together who are unrelated it's not you yep. and your spouse. It's yep. you and Tim. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you don't want... I'm a, I'm a Bombers fan. Yeah, you don't want to be a partnership. Um, you might not want to be a discretionary trust either. Mm. Um, so, a company is the best robust situation... Uh, sorry, entity for that situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it provides you... You know, it's a little bit complicated, but it's not the most complicated. Um, mm. You can sell your business. You can sell your shares. There's asset protection and you have tax planning opportunities. I reckon company is probably easy to get financed too, Dan. Yeah. Like I, from the bank. I actually think for any business bigger than your very micro business level, a company most of the time will be your option. Ooh, he's come out and said it. Dan thinks the company is the best. Not the best because every scenario has a different <laughs> different needs. Um, so, the next one along might be you, you've set up a business. Um, you've got a family. Yep. It's you and your spouse. Your spouse might not work. Um, or they might earn less than you. Mm. Um, you want that asset protection, or maybe your spouse is about to go have kids. Well, have even time more, off. Even more, Dan. If you've got kids approaching eighteen, kids approaching eighteen, you might be studying, and you're going to support them for several years mm-hmm. with their study. They yep. might not have income. Well, guess what? You can legally distribute income to them. So a discretionary and, trust is the best option there, and that's going to outweigh. Any of the cons that a trust is going to have mm-hmm. over a company, let's Absolutely. say, if you're choosing between those two, because that could be several thousand dollars per child per year that you use that. Yeah. So while those rules are in place, a lot of people are still going to go down that path. Yeah. And to me, that's why the trust could be the best. If you are in that scenario. It's a very specific scenario, and this is why it depends. Yeah. So let's say, but let's just say the trust is the Rolls Royce. If your scenario fits. Correct. Absolutely. But then the company could also be the Rolls Royce of entities. Yeah. If your scenario fits. It's just not as quite as exciting as the trust. And so, there is also other options here that we haven't explored. Yeah. And yeah. so, we won't go into them. We might do a, a more complicated entity episode. structure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But just a, as an example. Let's just give one. Food for thought. You have a company that runs a business. 
mm-hmm. several shareholders. Yep. But the shareholders aren't an individual, Tim. They're a trust. They're a trust. Wow. So that's, a, that's an interesting way to do it, Dan. So Why would you do that? Well, because then the profit distributions, your dividends, can then be legally split between you and your partners in the same fashion that we just spoke about. So, let's say you have a family, your spouse doesn't earn that much income, but you do. Uh, so, if you get dividends from that company that you own, it now can be legally streamed to your spouse. It's pretty powerful. And save you a lot of tax. Yeah, I really like that one. Mm. I like that one a lot. And there's 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 others like that. There is well. others like that. So it depends how complex and what your scenario is. Mm. That really works because you've got, like you said, different shareholders, mm-hmm. um, and they may have partners who mm-hmm. may have no income. Yep. So that's a big one. That's um, great. So that is the power of knowing the entities, knowing how they can combine. Yep. Knowing your your personal circumstance, and mm-hmm. then what's going to work best for you. So, there is no best entity structure is the answer. That is the answer. But for you, there is. There is a best. That's a good one, Tim. There is a best for you. There is a best for you. There's no one best that yeah. is a best, best for, you. for you. Great. All right. Well, I think that's the end of our main topic. Um, Tim, I'm going to go pick up my bike soon. So, do you have another thing? My other thing is um, a little bit lame, but mm. I... Okay. So, I trimmed my hedge yesterday. Mm. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, mm. you should see this bad boy. Like, the hedge looks that good when it's trimmed. <laughs> i got a couple of funny hedge stories, actually. Big one. Okay. So, my other thing is a shout mm. out to electronic tools. Mm. Tools with batteries. Mm. Fucking love them. Yeah. They're so, the did you buy a hedge trimmer? Yeah, I've had a hedge trimmer, like, the, since I bought the house. It was yeah. the first tool I bought. I yeah, think. right. Yeah. Nothing. It, it, is, it is satisfying when you see, like, a well-trimmed hedge. <sighs> You should see this hedge. You should come around and check my hedge out. I'll drive past it on the way home. You should, you should I got the bikes by. in the back and I'll be like, oh, Tim's hedge. There's one little section where mm. I, let, I let the hedge grow a bit too much. It's been raining a lot lately. Mm. And so, it's really bushed up, which is cool. Mm. But um, uh, there's one section where, the I don't know, like hedges only get so thick of, of greenery. Yeah. The, the leaves can't grow beneath that. Yeah. And just at this section where I cut it back, it's just um, missing. Yeah. Mm. But it'll grow back. It'll grow back. It'll grow back. Yeah. It, it fills the holes. Mm. But yeah, it looks looks great. Electronic tools. Electronic Shout tools out to um, Ryobi. Ryobi. Yeah, that's yeah. who I... Oh, like, it's like, this is the thing, Dan. I trimmed the hedge. Mm. And then... Oh, I used a rake. So. Mm. And then um, if, you, if there's any leaves left over and you've trimmed your hedge, mm. you can just mow the lawn mm. and it picks up a lot of them. Yeah, it's a trick. So, that was my trick. Mm. And then at the same time, I was mowing my lawn mm. with an electronic tool. Mm. And then I was like, oh, I may as well do the edges. looks a bit silly if you haven't done the edges as well. Yeah. So, I used all my... Like, and then I used the leaf blower as well to yeah. pick up some of the other leaves because it sucks and blows. Brilliant. You suck <laughs> and blow, Dan. <laughs> uh, all right. What's well, your other thing? Uh, my other thing this week is um, hot water. Just how good <laughs> is hot water? <laughs> Just, just think about the miracle of continuous hot water flow. <laughs> it's amazing. Is this why you're racing off as well? Do you think you've got hot water? Now? I think I might have hot water at home. <laughs> <laughs> you're going home to wash your hair and body. Aren't yeah, you? I can't wait. You All do right. stink, by no, the I way. <laughs> smell good, ladle boy. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to get in touch, at Two Drunk Accountants on all the socials, at Two Drunk, sorry, Two Drunk Podcast at gmail.com to send us an email. Get in touch, rate and review. We love speaking to all of you. We love hearing from all of you. And if you have any questions, make sure you send them through. We will calculate it. Bye.